attention, please. Stop walking while I'm squawking. All aboard. Hi, everybody. Hey there. Welcome back to another fun-filled, exciting, wonderful, amazing, you never know what's going to happen, what will they say next episode of Gen D Generation Disney. How's everybody doing? How are you doing, Dana? I, I'm asking how's everybody doing? Like, I want a response through the podcast. No, we're going to wait. We're going to wait for everyone's <laughs> response right now. Go ahead. Wait. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, uh, another week. Um, I, I, you know, I'm just, I'm really at the point where we've been waiting so long to get back to the parks. Like, I'm just like, this is pathetic. Like I, I'm laying in bed with my husband at night and we're like, what if we just went this weekend? Like, it's a good thing the other weekend they were out of park pass availability, like reservations, because we seriously debated just like saying, screw it, driving down Saturday, going to the parks and then driving back. Like that's. That's where we're at because we miss it. And we're like a month away and that feels like forever. Try being a travel agent where I'm sending out price quotes like a couple times a day to people. And I'm like, oh, well, that's a great deal. I could go to Disney World for that price. And I'm just like constantly thinking about it. And yeah, it's, it's concerning. Yeah, that's that's not a good like this is why I'm glad you do this. And I don't because I would constantly be like, oh, I guess we're going to Disney World this weekend. Where's the flight? <laughs> Well, I texted you at six in the morning to be like, all right, you ready to book the Disney wish? Here's how much a down payment is. Here are the dates. And for the record, we are holding off for like a few more weeks until they announce some more dates. But no, we're going to definitely do this. Yeah. No, I can't wait. I, I got buy in from the other half this morning. So he is fully on board. Um, oh, good. Yeah. And I think that'll be if we're we're sitting here babbling about our plans so we've we've toyed with going uh, our family and Dana's family toying with going on the brand new Disney Wish in October of 2022 which will be my husband and I's 5th year 5th anniversary which is also the same day as Dana and Ryan's daughter's birthday and also the mm-hmm. same month as Dana and Ryan's anniversary so just kind of makes mm-hmm. sense to do a mid to late October celebratory cruise on the Disney Wish Exactly. And my husband's birthday. He's in early October. So we've got a lot to celebrate in October. Um, Just so you all know, I think we mentioned this in past episodes, but uh, the Disney Wish is the brand new cruise ship that is setting sail in the summer 2022. So if you're interested in booking today, the 27th of May, that's what day it is, they just announced um, open booking. So you can now look at their availability. They only have available dates through early October right now. All right. Well, spend all your money, save all your money now, book, book your trips. I I think I think they're very clever, too, with making a very low down payment on like something that's going to be a few thousand dollars by the end of it and being like, well, we'll just take a little of your money right now. But then, yes, (laughs) wait till the end when we take it all (laughs) and some. Um, So, yeah, there there's that. And I guess it's just been really like we've been watching the vloggers and listening to other podcasts and like talking with friends about wanting to be back at the parks. And it's just, Oh, it's so soon. And like, we just have to be patient, patient, patient. Um, but we will get there, but, uh, I'm a little, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. And I guess we can just get right into the mouse musings for today. Cause this kind of leads yeah. into it. I am a little concerned about when we're going now and I'm Me a little too. nervous 
because they keep making new announcements. And I think Disneyland, the weekend we're going at the end of June, is going to be an absolute madhouse that A, I'm going to love and enjoy every single minute of and just be basking in the glory of being back there and being there with my family and my friends. But I think it's going to be a zoo and it's probably a good thing we're going for two days so we can do everything we want to do. And staying at a hotel down there, not yeah. having to travel all the way back up to L.A. from Orange County. Um, so what Adam's describing is a couple of days ago, yesterday? Yesterday, I think, yeah. It was yesterday. They announced, they meaning the California state and the Disneyland gods, have stated that they're opening up capacity. Um, June 15th in the state of California, our governor is saying that we are all back to normal. COVID's over. No more COVID. June 15th. Yay. Ditch your masks. Go hug everybody. Right? Isn't that what we're supposed to do? Yep. That's what we're saying. Just checking. I think I'm going to have some PTSD about it because I've gotten quite accustomed to not getting germs on me. Yeah. And so I'm, I don't know how to react to all this. I, okay. Also, I don't well, know if you saw this, Adam, but in July, they're guessing that California will have herd immunity. Wow. Which is exciting. I, that is exciting. It's because we've all been good little citizens and gotten our vaccines. But I was going to say the PTSD thing, we went, we went to um, Reno, Nevada last weekend to visit a good friend of ours who lives out there because it's like a nice, it's beautiful out there. Reno is Reno, whatever. But the drive is absolutely beautiful once you get past Sacramento and into the mountains. And there's this amazing little pie shop halfway to Sacramento that has the best strawberry rhubarb pie. But that's a whole nother story. But we got out to <laughs> Reno and Reno is already adapted the your vax, no mask. So we went out to dinner wow. and I was literally like jarred and like taken aback when we walked into the restaurant. Um, and the host, the host wasn't wearing a mask. The servers weren't wearing masks. The kitchen staff, maybe two of them were wearing masks because it's full on mask optional in Nevada if you've been vaccinated. And I was just like, it it took me a second to like be okay with being there. And then she even Mm -hmm. said something like the hostess said like, oh yeah, no worries. I've been vaccinated. I'm fully vaccinated. Like they, she made a point to say it because I think she probably saw the look on our faces like, what? Um, oh, you're Californians. <laughs> pretty much. I think we have a badge of like that. Uh, that's the mask is the California badge now. So yeah, yeah I get it. I think it's going to be a little jarring when we get there. But just America, be kind to us Californians. We've been really good about wearing masks. It's really hard for us to like acclimate post COVID into the world. I'm excited to see people smile again, though. I've missed Me that too. because the creepy masks, the like um, clear ones. Have you seen those? Mm-hmm. Oh, Where you can I see the people's those. faces under the cur- that. That's a nightmare. That's like a horror, horror movie right there. Have like, you seen a guy with a beard wear one of those? It's like that's a horror film character yeah, right yeah, there. Yeah. Or the people who print their uh, like the you can have your face printed on the face mask and you like that's see somebody and you like do a double tight double take and it's like a quick like what? What did I just see? I don't know. Yeah. I think everybody should have just walked around in ghost face masks from Scream and I would have been quite happy. Yeah. Mm. Yes. <laughs> I got problems. Me too. Um, Me too in general. Anyway, <laughs> so Disneyland's reopened, like, as they chug down the magical railroad of reopening, um, June 15th, out-of-state guests are now going to be allowed inside the parks. And there was yeah. some confusion, like, are they going to make you prove? Because the state, of course, surprise, surprise, California's guidelines are incredibly confusing. And so there was like, okay, state's reopening June 15th, COVID over per Gavin. But 
what are the parks going to do? So Disneyland finally said, okay, we're going to allow out-of-state guests as of June 15th. Now, other parks have been allowing out-of-state guests for the last few weeks, like Universal, I think SeaWorld. SeaWorld kind of kicked it off. Um, And then the question was, are you going to have to prove that you've been vaccinated or have a negative COVID-19 test? And Disneyland is saying, nope, we're not going to make you prove it. We're just saying, please get vaccinated before you come. They're just kind of strongly encouraging you to get your vaccine before you go to the parks. Um, We're on the honor system, folks. Yep. Um, So the other big change is that you can now make a reservation for the parks 120 days out. So they give you a little more planning time um, because you can make your hotel reservations at far in advance. So that's kind of nice that you can actually stretch out your planning and book your park reservations 120 days out instead of 60. And then the other big thing to note that we found out a few days ago, but that July 2nd, Disneyland Hotel reopens. And with that comes the reopening of Trader Sam's, which I love Trader Sam's. <gasps> Yay! Uh, I love it. Those fried green beans at Trader Sam's. Oh, they're so good. The poo-poo platter. Yep. Mm. So okay, we're so going to just miss that, though. So here's a hot tip for anybody who is unfamiliar with what Trader Sam's is. Trader Sam's is a little standalone tiki bar that is inside or along the perimeter of the Disneyland Hotel. And anybody can go and check it out. Highly recommend it. It is 21 and up to go into the bar portion. But the outside, and I think it has a slightly different name, hideaway i don't know um the outside porch area is family friendly and you can get the same cocktail drinks and the same um appetizers and and things yeah we actually prefer kurt and i really prefer when we've been there to sit in those big comfy lounge chairs that are like down Mm -hmm. the stairs from it and there's like a fire pit over there and it's actually a lot nicer to and quieter to sit down there. I mean, if you want the show, because they do do a show with like every drink that comes out, something else do. fun and wacky happens. And I don't think you get your drinks in the same tiki mugs when you sit down there as I you do right. in the restaurant. I yeah. think they just come out in regular cocktail glasses. But um, still, it's fun. And it's just such a nice atmosphere. And it's one of it's one of our favorite things to do is when we can get a Disneyland hotel reservation we get down there on like a Friday and we're going to go to the park Saturday and like our kickoff to being there is having dinner and drinks at Trader Sam's on Friday night before we go to the parks on Saturday. Absolutely. I love it. I love that area. And we go there all the time, almost like every trip that we were doing there towards the end, we would stop at Trader Sam's or that little porch area and get food. Yep. Oh, it's so good. So, all right. With that, Dana also reasons why we've just horrendously misscheduled our trip at the end of June because two of my favorite things on the planet are reopening now. We now have dates. So last week we talked about the drama with the Matterhorn and we were like, when is the Matterhorn going to reopen? What yes. is going on? So Disney finally, I, I, I think they're listening. I really think Disney oh, okay. is listening to us. And so is Target for two reasons. Target we discussed yesterday when we were talking because Uh I walked into Target yesterday and they had a Stitch tank top, which was acquired. Um, (laughs) So they must have heard that. um, (laughs) Yet they are not bringing back Stitch's Great Escape. So maybe they are listening because they're taking in my note and taking in yours. (laughs) But they finally fessed up to what was going on with the Matterhorn. It's like we have revelations from Disney. So as we suspected, there are some like structural rock issues with the old mountain. I mean, it's old, right? And Disney Mm -hmm. can't, because of building permits now, Disney can't like really do massive work on it. 
they would have to literally tear the whole thing down and you can't build it the way it was originally built anymore. I so see. they are like band-aid duct taping that thing together to hold it up. And they've been doing a lot of work on it. So it is reopening July 4th as of now. Granted, that's always subject to change. But July 4th, um, big holiday celebration weekend, the Matterhorn reopens. And imagine Aww. the lines there are going to be forever. But so we're so going to miss it. it by a week. I know. And then guess what else we're missing? What? Take a guess. What's the other Story- ride that we're going to miss? Storybook Canal? No. Storybook Canal? No. Mm, Keep thinking. I don't know. Is it it's land similar. or California? It's at Disneyland. Oh, Jungle Cruise. Yeah. So Jungle Cruise is going to reopen. It's really exciting, though. It is going to reopen July 16th with all the new changes. I love the um, so Disney Parks blog where they drop where Ken drops his nuggets all over the Disney Park blog. <laughs> it's so wrong, but I love it. All right. Anyway, um, so they said uh, Jungle Cruise will reopen July 16th at Disneyland Park with an updated experience. It welcomes new characters from around the world, plus even more of the humor, wildlife, and skipper heart that make the classic attraction a favorite. So they have been hard at work just retrofitting and plussing. I guess we're calling this a plus, like the Snow White thing. We're plussing it. The Imagineers yeah. are plussing it. Um, so for those looking for to dive deeper, they're expanding the attraction's backstories centered around Alberta Falls, the granddaughter of world-renowned Dr. Albert Falls, who we all have heard about forever, uh, who was the proprietor of the Jungle Navigation Company. So I think there's going to be some new story, obviously new storylines on there. They're getting very culturally sensitive, um, along with everything. I think Trader Sam is gone from the end of it, mm-hmm. which makes you wonder, like, what's going to happen with Trader Sam's Tiki Bar at some point? Or is that where Trader Sam will live on? It's just that it's Tiki I don't know. Bar. I mean, the figure of Trader Sam doesn't exist over at Trader Sam's. So yeah, I guess you can keep the name. Um, but yeah, what Adam's describing is that there used to be a figure at a a human figure at the end of the ride that was Trader Sam. And he, if you've been on the ride before, he had a bunch of skulls in his hands, heads. Yeah. Yeah. Shrunken heads, Um, right? Weren't they like shrunken heads? Yes, they were shrunken heads. You're right. Yeah. (laughs) You. Um, but they, they have pulled his character out, uh, recently. And so that's part of the big change. Yeah. I'm curious to hear like how, cause the best part that ride is always hit or miss, right? You either get a skipper who is just up there. Like there, I kind of, it's kind of like when you go to Vegas and you know, you're sitting at a blackjack table and you've got the dealer who's like really chatty and fun and like you're winning and everything's great. And then break time comes uh-huh. and like the non-talkative, person who's just upset rolls in and you just start losing, 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 and it's yes. no fun. And you're just there and they make no jokes. They don't chat with you. And then your original dealer comes back in to save the day. Right. So I feel like the jungle cruise is kind of like a Vegas blackjack table in terms of the skippers. You're either going to get the one who is just loving their job and having so much fun, like cracking the corny jokes and like plays with it and just keeps going and knows how to vamp and do all these things. Improv basically. Right. Even though they're off a script, but they also improv a lot of it, especially when the boats get backed up at the exit. Um, Mm -hmm. And then you get the one that's like the dud <laughs> and who's literally just going through the script into the microphone. You can barely hear them, understand them. They're going through the motions and not playing along with people in the boat and interacting. So those are wah wah. So I'm very curious to see like a, if they've like retrained up 
all the skippers yeah. and like gotten them really into it. And two, new jokes, right? Because I think we've heard all the jokes they could possibly tell on that boat ride. The backside of, of water. water. They better not get rid of that one. I do love that. And everybody That's says it. like the it, only one I care about. But everybody yeah. says it. Or um, the denial. Oh, what's that joke? Oh, my oh. gosh. Um, yeah, you're in denial. It's yeah, not like derivative. It's denial. It's, not, it's stupid. Denial. Whatever. I, anyway. I got my friend Kim the <laughs> backside of water water bottle a few years ago when we were at Disney World. I think she still uses it. It's cool. So hopefully, hopefully they keep some of those jokes. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, um, so I guess we basically just have to go back in July now to go ride everything. Yeah, what and I'm, do everything. What I'm hearing, Adam, is that you're suggesting you're strongly encouraging vaccinations. And that we should just plan another summer trip. Yep. yep. Okay, cool. Yep, done. Yep, 100%. Okay. All right. Yep. Bank account says, sure, why not? <laughs> Bleed me. <laughs> Bleed me dry. <laughs> um, so that was. those are just kind of the updates I had. Because I know we promised the people. Because what did the people want? All seven of our vaults. people. Vaults. Do, what do they want? Vaults. When do they want them now? now. So what, what are we going to give them vaults? We're going to give it to them now. Anyway, um, so we have a couple fun vaults in store for you all. So sit back, relax, and listen to Storytime in the Vault with Adam and Dana. We could do this voice for the vault. Ooh, this is our NPR voice. Our NPR vault voice. Well, back in time in Disneyland history. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Anyway. Have at it. Do you Dana. want me to go first? Yeah. What do you got? So you all know that I teased this on our last episode, but I'm going to talk about the one, the only, the literal one and only, the Alice in Wonderland ride at Disneyland. And <laughs> I love this ride. If you recall, I mentioned this a few episodes back that this is my favorite Fantasyland ride, and I might be alone in that sentiment. But uh, I think it's it's. Think it's I've adorable. only done it once. <gasps> I know. Oh, we're going on it. I know we've only done it once and I think we're allowed to take babies on that one. Yeah. Yeah. I can write it. Um, No, I've only done it once uh, when Kurt and I went to Disneyland a couple of years ago. And then in true Kurt and Adam fashion, we're standing in a very long line. And what do we do? We booked and planned a trip to Disneyland Paris while we were in the (gasps) Alice in Wonderland ride because we were sitting there and we were like, oh, yeah, don't they have that Alice in Wonderland maze at Disneyland Paris? And then we got on our phones and we're like, yeah, they do. And they're like, oh, we're going to London for the holiday. Should we just pop over to Paris? And yeah, there. Well, that's incredible. And that's in the line. (laughs) That's perfect that you would bring up the maze because we're actually going to start with that. So Amazing. here's what I did not know. Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> but then we Here- dad jokes. <laughs> here's what I didn't know. So this ride, I love this ride. You ride a caterpillar all the way through. You go up a second story. I think it's just absolutely adorable. What I didn't know is that this ride was not meant to be what it is, what that we know today. And there was actually a ride that never was. Hmm. So when Walt Disney was creating Disneyland in 1954, he had announced all of Fantasyland. And if you go back and even watch those old um, Wonderful World of Color videos when he's talking about Disneyland opening the in a year, he just... Sorry, I, I hear that and I can't do this one. <laughs> He talks about this incredible Alice in Wonderland maze attraction, a walkthrough attraction that he's creating. And this was going to take up a sizable portion of the Fantasyland area over back where um, It's a Small World is now. There was a Fantasyland theater. But they were going to take up a huge section and some of Autopia. 
uh, of this walkthrough ride. And I just also want to say before I get into this, I took a lot of this information from this really awesome YouTube series called Yesterworld that has some great archival so footage. Good. Yes. So if you guys haven't checked out Yesterworld, I highly recommend it. And and specifically for this one, because you'll get to see some old, like you'll see Walt riding the ride for the first time with one of the Mouseketeers and it's super cute. But um, the ride was, as they created it, they made like the blueprints and it was going to be one of those walkthrough mazes where you basically are Alice and you go through her entire journey. Starts with a rabbit hole, then gets into the dodo bird scene where you're in the water and you're kind of walking through the water section. You see the dodo bird, you go through the white rabbit's house, things look topsy-turvy and upside down. They have a big garden scene with the dandelions and everybody kind of coming out at you. Um, then I think they had a few other, they had a few other cool scenes, definitely the, uh, mad tea party scene. And it ended with the cards in one of those, we've all done these at like county fairs and stuff, but one of those like walk through tunnels that's rotating. And so it was going to have the cards on those rotating tunnels that you exit the ride. They were all really into the idea of these walk through attractions, right? Like, cause remember they had said that at one point Honda mansion, the idea was to be a walkthrough too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hmm. I know. I think it probably was more affordable than making the actual ride. Right. You know, the Omnimover ride style. So the movie Alice in Wonderland came out in 1951. And what I didn't know is it actually was like the least profitable Disney movie by 1955 when Disneyland opened. And so looking at the numbers, they decided to scrap the Alice in Wonderland walkthrough and just make the teacups ride. So the teacups ride was one of the first rides to open I in 1955. I love the teacups. I know. And I love well, them at Disneyland, that, not at Disney World. Yes. Um, well, you love them where they are now. Did you know that the teacups were originally where Dumbo is right now? Oh, Right oh. behind the carousel. And so they moved them later in the 80s. But that's where they were for a long oh. time. So anyhow, uh, they decide to scrap the walkthrough ride. They open up Disneyland. And it's not until a few years later in 1958 that they come back to the Alice in Wonderland ride. Because by this time... Walt Disney has decided, like, I'm just going to put Alice in Wonderland, the movie, out there on television and shorten it. I think it was like an hour-long, you know, version of it. And everybody loved it. So Alice found her audience, and it was the TV viewers. And so suddenly her ride at the teacups became popular that Walt said, let's create an Alice an actual Alice ride now. However, they'd run out of space. They'd built that Fantasyland theater. So they wanted to make a dark ride for Alice, but they didn't know where to place it. And so they took the back half of Peter Pan and Mr. Toad's show attractions and built a two-story Alice in Wonderland ride, which is the same exact track that we still know today. Yeah. It started with the Caterpillars. Always it's been the Caterpillars that you ride as your ride vehicle and you go through various scenes of of Alice's story. But when it first opened in 1958, and this is the case with almost every single dark ride, the concept is you, the writer, are supposed to be the main character of that story. So Mr. Toad, you rarely don't see him. Same with Snow White, same right. with Peter Pan. Here, same case. You saw Alice zero times in this ride, except for the very opening when she's like, you know, on the book. that was on. Yep. It's still there, but on the book with the mushroom. 
And um, Catherine Beaumont, who's the voice of Alice, did lend her voice to the ride, and it's still the same voice that you hear. So she re-recorded that in 1958, and that's the last time they've recorded a voice for the ride, which I think wow. is also pretty cool. Uh, but the ride was actually frightfully terrifying. So <laughs> Wait, 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 wait. Disney made a dark ride based off of their wonderful film, animated films. And a beloved series. children's film Ch- turned into a nightmare. Na- what? What? They never do this. <laughs> yes, we have definitely never heard them do this before. Uh, see, so they did this Snow with White Alice. And every other ride. <laughs> yes, <laughs> they did this with Alice, and she basically, once you started the ride, everything was like. You're supposed to be too big or too small in every scenario, but all of the things were coming out at you. And so no longer were the Mad Hatter or the March Hare like whimsical, fun, quirky characters, but they like had these demony looking faces and like jumped out at you from above. And the most arguably still the most terrifying element of the Alice ride is the Cheshire cat. But he was like super larger than life. And you went through him as he disappeared and then he'd come back and there were dark rooms where all you would hear was his terrifying voice and his laughter. So (laughs) most people were frightened of this ride. There's also a dandelion flower that popped out and like got super close to people. And it had this like menacing face. What is wrong with these Imagineers? Like, seriously, what was wrong with them when they made these rides? I don't know. So in the (laughs) 60s, sometime in the mid-60s, they were like, okay, we've got to fix this. And they changed around some of the scenes and made the characters more whimsical, which is good. Uh, In 1980s, they did a whole overhaul of Fantasyland, which is more or less what we know it as today, where they made it look more village and cottagey, and it's very cute and Fantasyland-like. They didn't touch the Alice ride, though, because it already kind of fit well with the new theme. So it wasn't until really the mid-90s that they finally added um, some more characters, like the caterpillar smoking the hookah in the... um, in the uh, garden scene, he had not been in there before. Can I can I say I'm kind of surprised he's still there? He's in the movie, though. I know. I don't know. He's a caterpillar. Is, yeah, fine. I don't know. Here's another. I didn't know that this was something that people debated, but you know the mushroom outside of the ride when you're getting on to the caterpillar ride yeah. vehicle. There's a big mushroom with the book, the Alice in Wonderland book on top. And you see on the backside, six little shoes of the caterpillars that have been left there. A lot of people speculate that the caterpillar smoking the hookah used to be on top of the mushroom. And that's not true. It's always been the book. And before the 1980s, every single dark ride had one of those big storybooks in front of it to kind of alert you what the ride was about. Um, And Alice is, is the only one that's still there today. Did you, I got to ask, since you mm-hmm. were Alice at Walt Disney World for a long time, did you like, mm-hmm. do you feel the need to like, when you ride Alice in Wonderland now, are you like, is it have a special place? Like you're like, I am, I am writing my story. And like, did you, here's the bigger question. Did you use it as inspiration for when you were real life Alice at Disney World? Was that like, you're like, I'm going to ride this ride and be like, I am, I am Alice. No, (laughs) no, no, neither. Neither of those are accurate. And I will say and we should do a whole episode about my experience as a character because I feel like that's a totally different topic. But when you go through training as a character, they make you really memorize the movie. So, you know, it inside and out and you can kind of improvise with with 
you know, people, guests who come up to you to talk about things, but they have to all relate and root to your movie. So even stuff like they said, if there's a ride that exists and it's slightly off book that don't even reference it. And so I don't think I ever did. I think I, I did ride the teacups in Florida as, as Alice with the white rabbit, which was really, really fun. Had to be like a mind, like, wow. Like thinking like I am Alice and I'm riding a journey into my mind. No, I mean, I I just take it too far. Not for me. (laughs) Yeah. I think you took it too far. I think you would be that way. I just like the, I just like the movie. I've always loved that. I love, I I love the inside outside part of it. Well, so let me talk about that. So it's two stories as I was describing before. And in the interior of the ride, you're slowly ascending to the very top on the second story. And when you're playing croquet with the queen, you get kind of shot out into the outside world. And I think this is adorable. If you've ever walked through fantasy land, you've seen the little caterpillar rides going down. Uh, There's a fun little like leafy vine that you scale down before you get to the end of the ride. Now in 2010, OSHA, remember we were talking about OSHA last Mm -hmm. episode? Um, OSHA got word that this vine that the caterpillar comes down was dangerously small with no, like, side planks. If the ride were to break and somebody needed to get down, how could they? Because basically it was only long enough or wide enough for the caterpillar itself, not for anybody else to, like, step out of the caterpillar. Safety was not a priority back in the day. (laughs) It was definitely not. Um, There were no accidents to my knowledge of the internet uh but in 2010 they temporarily closed the ride and they put up these really ugly guardrails and tried to mask them with some like alice looking um you know leaves and stuff but it didn't really work and so in 2014 it was up there for four years these ugly guardrails and kind of um it, it kind of blocked your view of the rest of Fantasyland, which is another reason why i love that rise you get a good little angle and purview of Fantasyland. But in 2014, they overhauled the ride again, took down those ugly rails, and put up just a slightly wider path. So go on it again. Notice that there is space if, in case of an emergency that you could hop out. Um, however, you won't need to, and you'll be fine. And in 2014, they also <laughs> – you'll, you'll be fine. You'll but you fine. know my dream of, like, getting evacuated off of all the rides. Like, that's, like, I think that you're going to be disappointed. Experience. Don't you remember hearing Jamie talk about I this? I know. And then I was like, I want to see Space Mountain with the lights on. She was like, no, you do not. And But I still do. <laughs> you don't. I've seen Space Mountain with the lights on. It's underwhelming. Uh, but again, back to Alice. 2014, they did an overhaul with the ride and they added some like digital elements into it, which is also really cute and clever. You see um, Alice finally now in the ride in 2014. You can actually see her as a figurine in the ride. So... That is the story of the Alice in Wonderland ride, and I love it. Please go on it and think of me next time you ride it. I I love it. I love how it is the only one, and it's there. Um, We had a lot of fun, actually, at Disneyland Paris doing the Alice in Wonderland maze, and it's insane. Like, we were in there for a while. It's like 
Will you describe it? Because I don't, they said it took some of the elements from those original blueprints of this walkthrough ride, but I've never, I've never been to Disneyland Paris. So you just head in and you get lost in this maze and you eventually work your way through it. The goal is to get to the top of the Queen of Hearts castle or whatever. And that's the views from up there. I have one of my favorite photos that Kurt and I have from Disneyland Paris is from the top there. Because when you finally find your way up to the top... Um, it's this incredible view of the Disneyland park there. And it's, it's just a great photo op spot right there, but it's really cool. You're like going through and things pop out at you. Like it's, it's a, but it's outside and it's this crazy, great fun maze. That's like, is it more maze than walkthrough? Yeah. I mean, it's a walkthrough maze, right? So like it's all, can you get lost in it though? Yeah. Yeah. You can definitely get lost. Um, mm-hmm. and make some wrong turns and circle back and you're like, how do I get through? But you eventually, it was created in a way that you will walk through it all at some point. It just might take you some time to like double back and do these things. And it's, it's really, it was a lot of fun. I was a little like, okay, let's go do this maze. Sure. And then you get in there mm-hmm. and just the, the added things, like things that pop out at you or things that talk to you and things that like do you know the disney the disney the disneyfy of a maze basically if you think of like a corn maze if you've ever been like you know i'm from the midwest so we would have corn mazes every fall um Uh so if you've been to something like that it's that but like on steroids and it's really it's really fun and it's fun to do with a a partner a friend kids um and the view this is is a this is a deep alice reference do they have the momraths the momraths do you know what the momraths no, are? Enlighten me. Oh, they're the little, you know, in the told you what, this is, you have to know all this stuff if you play Alice. The told you would, at the end, when she's feeling really lost and sad and just wants to go home and cries, there are all these little creatures that come out, the um, bird cage bird and the, all of them. But the momraths are the ones that start pointing her like an arrow and they look like these little mossy creatures. I can't remember. I feel like maybe there was favorite. something. I mean, all on um, 12 viewers, please chime in, DM us <laughs> um, if you've been to Disneyland Paris. I think I'm trying to recall. I think there was something eventually like when you got further in the maze that helped point you the right way. So maybe it was something mm-hmm. like that. I don't mm-hmm. know. That is a deep cut. Oof. Well, I love it. What can I say? I, I know it. my so Alice in Wonderland. <laughs> you are Alice. Awesome. You know well, there, there it is. All right. Well, and shall we? We'll just tease that out at a later date, someday. Who knows when? We'll tell you all the secrets about what it's like to be a character. I can't. I can't wait for that. My favorite. My favorite non-Dana related character story, though, really quick, was when we went on at Disney World. We went on the Keys of the Kingdom tour, and where they take you underground and like show you the underground city that's below the Magic Kingdom at the Utilidors, and. We were walking through and there was Cinderella eating an apple. And it was just kind of funny because it was like, <laughs> that's not your fruit. What are you doing? <laughs> like, that keys to the kingdom. She was over at the crafty was... table having her apple. <laughs> that's so funny. That keys to the kingdom tour was really cool. And when I played Alice at the Magic Kingdom, sporadically, I would be pulled aside. Like if I was walking from um, doing the welcome train to Fantasyland. I would walk through the Utilidors, and if there was a Keys to the Kingdom tour going on, they welcomed us being able to talk to the guests then. as the only time I could be in full costume and break character while talking to guests, and I would stand there for like two or three minutes and answer a couple of questions, and it was really cool. One of my favorite experiences while I worked there. 
Yeah. All right. Shall we move on to the double feature of The Vault? Yes, we shall. All right. Well, the double feature is a good title because now we are moving across the Esplanade to Disney California Adventure. Um, we haven't done we haven't California done one. Adventure yeah, ride. Yeah, I know. Well, oh, and we're not even doing a ride yet because I think we okay. just need to do, we're going to have to do one episode that is the insane story of the disaster of a park that DCA was when it opened and the transformation into Absolutely. what it is now and find a guest to come on with us to talk us through all that. Yeah. Cause it's, Oh mm-hmm. boy. When that place opened, what a mess. It was like, Disney was like, let's make a low budget park. And that was DCA. Same thing would happen in um, Paris when they opened. Uh, I think we've talked about this before. Like the comparison is like when they opened mm-hmm. Disney Studios across from Disneyland Park in Paris, it was the same. Like they just kind of slapped some stuff in there where they're like, here, go, people, get in lines. Um, yeah. So, but what I want to talk about, uh, because I've been kind of on a, a kick of the restaurants, I want to talk about Carthay Circle. Um, okay. Yeah. I love that restaurant. So. So Carthay Circle Restaurant, um, those of you that don't know, it is kind of like the the castle of DCA, I guess you could say. It's at the end of Buena Vista Street. So you like walk in, you can always see um, Carthay Circle down there uh, mm-hmm. at the far end of the street. And, you know, it, it it's such a good restaurant. Like the food is, the food's incredible. It's not cheap by any means. Like it is a signature dining, like. Mm-hmm. Pricey, pricey restaurant with really good cocktails and really good wine list. But, uh, and the food is just beyond delicious. Um, but it, it wasn't there when the park opened. It was a newer edition right. in 2012. Um, I remember when the park first opened in 2001, it was like, there was like a Golden Gate Bridge and like mountains and like, it was just tacky and awful. So this, this really helped clean it up. We went the year that it opened, a few months after it opened. I was in the eighth grade, and I all I remember was that horrible paparazzi ride that is where Monsters, yep. Inc. is now. And I also remember it was so hot, and there was no shade because their trees hadn't grown at all. And there was just, like, weird, frenetic, like, statues everywhere and things, like the Golden Gate Bridge. And then yep. I did love the California letters out in front of the Which ticketing area. Which are now area. at Cal Expo in Sacramento. We oh, found yeah. them. You the sent me a picture I think I sent that picture. Ago. I had to go to Cal Expo for work, and the California letters are all out front of Cal Expo, which is kind of cool. It's where the California State yeah. Fair is, for those of you who don't know. And did you know Walt Disney designed Cal Expo? We'll have to talk about that sometime. So the Cal Expo yeah. State Fairgrounds and all that were designed by the man himself. And there is a monorail there that he suggested they put in yeah it's the jankiest freaking monorail you'll ever see in your life and i would not get in it if my life depended on it but it's there and it makes like (laughs) loops around cal expo but anyway back to carthay circle so why carthay circle what is carthay circle a lot of people may not know well you should know if you're listening to this podcast because you should know where the first full-length feature animated film premiered In 1937, that was Snow White at the original Carthay Circle in Los Angeles. So it it was this beautiful Art Deco old theater. Um, Snow White premiered there in 1937. They premiered Fantasia there in 1940. Um, Some really cool thing with Snow White, when they premiered it, they built, like, they went full on out as Disney does. Um, They built the cottage out there. They built a mine with the jewels in it, like the dwarf's mine and all that. They had all these sets like built up 
for the big premiere and they made a huge big splash. Everybody who was everybody in Hollywood came and it was it was really cool. And it was all for this mm-hmm. animated movie. Um, so that's why Carthay Circle, the building, is such an iconic part of Disney history and Disney lore. So in 1969, Carthay Circle's fate was met with a bulldozer, and it Aww. was completely torn down to be replaced by yet what the world needs, more office buildings. So an office building replaced the beautiful historic Carthay Circle and took with it, tried to take with it all of the memories and joy and everything that happened there. Paved paradise and put in a parking lot. Yeah, pretty much. So Disney was like, hold my beer. We got this. They decided to save Carthay Circle in the only way Disney knows how. How do you save it? You build it in your Disney park. So um, (laughs) Disney decided to save the history of Carthay Circle and make a miniature replica inside Disney California Adventure. And this opened in 2012. Uh, It looks like a theater. There's like a box office window. It looks like the front of the actual Carthay Circle did. Um, But guess Mm -hmm. what? You're not going to watch anything there. You're going to go eat delicious yummy food and sit in this one of the most beautifully done restaurants disney has done they really the imagineers work so hard to add in the art deco feels and make this feel like you are walking back in time into the carthay circle as it was so it sits at the end of buena vista street and you all know like buena vista street is like how how Los Angeles was when Walt started his career, right? Like that's yeah, the it's, vision. It's there. old Hollywood. It's 1920s Hollywood. So inside this restaurant, there are obviously because Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs plays such an important iconic role in Disney history. And I mean, it is one of the reasons like we, you, there's so much. I talked the other week about the Disney family museum up here in San Francisco, like mm-hmm. so much of that museum talks about Snow White and the development of Snow White and the premiere and all that, because that was really what was that final oomph and push to turn the Walt Disney Company into what it is now with the success they yeah. had. Because there were a lot of critics who were like, oh, please, you're going to make this full-length animated film. Nobody's going to watch it. Nobody's going to care. And hello, it's like part of it is American history right there. Like that is mm-hmm. part of our culture. So. Obviously, Carthay Circle plays a huge role in the history of that. So what these Imagineers did is they got incredibly creative building this place. And Mm. as you all know, Imagineers are insanely smart and detailed. And so when you walk in, there's little tributes to Snow White throughout the restaurant. The main dining room are murals from the movie painted on the ceiling. But what I think is the most fascinating little tidbit about this and that I have to look for next time we go. Okay. In the woodwork of the tables, uh-huh. you know how we're always hunting around for hidden Mickeys around the park? Like, yeah. it's always like, where's the hidden Mickey? There's a hidden Mickey. There's a hidden Mickey. Like, uh, the Disney Parks TikTok the other day, like, showed there's a hidden Mickey in the new, like, goo from the Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout ride. Oh, I saw that. Yeah. yeah. I can't so, wait to see that. It's like galactic goo. Yeah. So there's hidden Mickeys everywhere. Not inside Carthay Circle. Hidden evil queens, and they somehow <gasps> you have to look for it, but in the wood of the tables, yeah, and a different shade of wood or whatever you would call it is the evil queen. In built, like, you mean like in, in a certain the wood. if you look at the table in a certain angle, you yeah, can you have see to look at it and you can see something? the evil queen in the table, yeah. <gasps> 
Cool. Okay, I we have. I had no idea. We have to look for that next. <laughs> so time. we have to. I think that's so cool. So look, it's it's a great restaurant. Um, we're going when we go back in a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. We're going to the alfresco part. So sitting outside, right? I am curious or since are we, we are going inside? after June. It's alfresco, but I'm curious if after June fifteenth, if they're opening up the interior of the restaurant now. Maybe I haven't. I haven't checked to see if reservations are. Because they haven't said they're opening the inside yet. They haven't made an announcement. Right. Like it hasn't been open. With um, Blue Bayou. Yeah. Huh. Maybe. Oh, yeah. yeah. Maybe. So we'll see. But if you're yes. there and you can't get a dining reservation, it's worth, if you want a good cocktail, like it's worth waiting in line to get into the lounge. Um, they have some incredible cocktails. They have a Manhattan there that, mm-hmm, really good. They've mm-hmm. got a good, very good selection of whiskeys and bourbons and wines. Um, so The it's wines delicious. they have... Uh, we I always get this is another fun fact. Um, I always get a wine that you can only get there and at Club Thirty Three, and it says Club Thirty Three on the wine bottle, and Ooh. it's a Chardonnay from, I believe it's Silvara, which is Diane Disney's um, winery up in NorCal. There's another one, a Fess Parker winery, which Fess Parker was Davy Crockett in the Disney series the davy crockett series so they've got a couple of other really cool wines that tie in of course to the disney legacy there's also i'm trying to forget because i'm i'm very much a bourbon guy i love my bourbon um i love all the different flavors of bourbon like the tastes are just so so good but um there is i I don't want to say it wasn't makers i i will look this up and bring this up next week there is that the disney parks have their own special blend of one of these bourbons um and i'm blanking on which one it is i will think of it i had it at the i've had it i had it actually at the carthay circle lounge and then i also have had it at the um enchanted rose bar the grand floridian down in orlando and i'm blanking on who makes it i will find out and i will bring it up next week i I want you to not even do an introduction in our next episode and just say the name of this bourbon. Well, I will. That'll be mission number one. Like not even going to say hello. We're just going to be like, oh, my gosh, the bourbon. It is. Blah. <laughs> if you know, let us know. Um, but I will I will look it up and figure out. I'm going to figure out how to get our hands on that. I'm sure. Oh, and they also I had it at the um, at the steakhouse at the Disneyland Hotel. I had it there. Oh, too. Steakhouse 55. Yeah, at Steakhouse 55. They had it in their lounge. Um, so it was tasty. It's probably like the same. This company probably makes their own specialized bourbon for like everywhere. And they just slap the different label on it, but whatever, I'll go with it. It's special Disney bourbon. Do you have a favorite food at Carthay circle or a favorite appetizer or anything that you always get? No, no, I, I can't even remember what I had last time we went there. I remember the drinks. That's the important part. Remember the cocktails, but I don't remember. Because I think, honestly, the last time I actually ate at Carthay Circle was during Disneyland's big um, anniversary, wherever the diamond anniversary. And they had, Mm, like, because I remember the cocktail I had there had the ice cube shaped as the diamond in it, which was really cool. It was like a real ice cube, not like one of those plastic light up things. They had at Carthay Circle, they had real ice cubes cut like diamonds. I had that one, too. It was so good. I'm looking up. Oh, what is it? Hold on. Uh-oh. Anticipation. I think they've changed it because I remember they had these really good, like, I think they were like duck confit, like, mm. like fried balls. You fancy. Fried duck balls. Fried duck balls. Yeah. Served fried with duck the balls. side of Ken's Nuggets. Ken's Nuggets. <laughs> fried duck balls. Fried Donald Duck Balls. <laughs> 
Ugh. Oh my God! Oh, no, goodness. no, we anyway, can't. We can't. On that uh, note, they're really good. <laughs> <laughs> on that note, um, I'm hungry now, so I want to go get some food since we've been talking about the restaurant. Um, yeah, that that that's all we had this week. Um, I hope you all enjoyed the special two vault edition and vault voice in our NPR Welcome vault voice. To the vault. It's probably really annoying. Oh, yeah. I'm sure it is. (laughs) I bet people want to stop that. Uh, And since everybody is listening to this uh, probably next week after Memorial Day weekend, just want to say I hope everybody had a happy, safe, fun, enjoyable Memorial Day weekend. Hopefully it was a lot better than last year's mid-pandemic and got to be out and about. I know we're excited to get out of town for a couple days with our family. Uh, And so hopefully, Dana, hopefully you guys are getting out and around this weekend and enjoying it. We, uh, we have a bunch of play dates scheduled, but I'm excited. It'll be good. Yeah. Uh, and everyone, remember, we have a great website. It's gendypodcast.com. Feel free to drop us a line. Let us know what you think. You can listen to episodes there as well. And remember, I'm a travel agent. You can get a free quote from me if you're interested in going to literally any Disney park on any part of the world. I can help book that for uh, you. You're reminding me. I got to send you our um, Alani reservation and let you take that over. Yes, please. Uh, and and I, I, I can't stress this enough. It is free for you, the guest, to work with me. I get a commission off of Disney, not you. And then uh, also remember, follow us on Instagram at Generation D Pod. You can message us on there. Um, and if you are listening on Apple Podcasts, please, please, please do us a solid rate, review, all those wonderful things that helps us out. And we will be back next week with more stuff on the backside of water. That's still my head. The backside of water. (laughs) All right, everybody. Have a great week. We'll (laughs) see you next week. Bye, everyone. Bye.